StravaCraft coffee is the rich CBD-infused coffee that you can now purchase in K-Cups for your Keurig, if that's your thing. Of course, they also have whole bean or ground options, too. And you can get 20% off when you use code DNVR20 at checkout. You can order online and get it shipped straight to your door fast and easy. And the CBD is non-psychoactive and has been known to help both aches and pains, injuries and the like, as well as things like migraines or anxiety. So give it a try today with that DNVR20 code. And Cole gets another good righty and another right by Cole, a left by Cole this time. Tipped in front by Mika Rentinen. He shoots and scars. Nathan McKinnon. Cole J.T. Comfer. 877 goes now. Gabriel Landeskog. Collective hugs. 29 and 92. Save me by Grubauer. Move over, Picasso. This piece of art is by McKinnon. My goodness gracious. Welcome in to the DNVR Avalanche Podcast, presented by Davidson's Beer, Wine, and Spirits. With locations in Centennial and Highlands Ranch, they are the go-to place to pick up whichever beer, wine, or alcohol you might need. I'm Nathan Rudolph. He's AJ Hayfley. We are here, finally, with some news coming out of the NHL and the NHLPA today, as they have officially voted yes and agreed to a return-to-play format of a 24-team playoff. I don't want to call it bracket necessarily, but it's essentially a bracket, uh, where there will be playing games down to the round of 16, and then from there it sounds like that will be the playoffs as normal. So, exciting that's... Something has finally been set in motion for the NHL as far as that. The time frame, still not completely confirmed. It sounded like early July is when they would get back on the ice as far as training camps begin. But we're here. The news of something actually official instead of just rumors on getting this thing going. It's exciting for me. AJ, how about you? Yeah, I mean, I'm. <clears throat> it's cool to look at, like, a, like you said, a, a bracket. It's cool to look at it and... Um, start to actually have something to talk about in terms of matchups and what teams are going to be going against each other and how they handle the seeding of the top four seeds. We're not sure, but it looks like the matchups for the play-in round are probably set, and I think that's exciting. I'm looking forward to it, and it's interesting to see <clears throat> it's interesting to see the teams that cost themselves uh, and didn't cost themselves with uh, what happened down the stretch at the very end of the year. Yep, and just to kind of dive into that, I suppose in each conference, the top four teams have been seeded and, and will not have to do the play-in rounds. Excuse me, for the West, that is St. Louis, Colorado, Vegas, and Dallas, leaving Edmonton, Chicago, Nashville, Arizona, Vancouver, Minnesota, Calgary, and Winnipeg on the outside looking in, having to go through those playoff rounds. Um, a bit of an interesting spot to see, particularly with with a team like Edmonton, who had more points, but because of the points percentage and the way that things worked out, they were actually yep. in fifth. 
Yeah, well, I mean, they had 71 games played, uh, 83 points. Dallas had 69 games played and 82 points. So, mm-hmm. you know, yeah, <laughs> they and Edmonton lost their last game. So, should have tried winning it, fellas. There you go. Win and you're in. Um, yeah, boy, would that be would that be something if Edmonton that 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 loss, whatever, whoever they played, whatever it was, and they go in and they they lose to Chicago. Brutal, and that's the five twelve matchup. By the way, Chicago was the last team in in the West, so yeah, it's it would certainly be rough for Edmonton if if that's the way things went down. Um, on the other side of this coin, and this is an issue I brought up before it was even official. Depending on how the length of these series is, that's not confirmed yet. Um, yeah. If a team like Edmonton gets rolling through these playoff play-in games, are they going to be more comfortable on the ice than some of these top-seeded teams? Now, they have said the expectation there is the top-seeded teams will play some form of round-robin that could potentially have impact as far as the teams reseeding once they actually get to the round of 16. Yeah. Uh, meaning the abs could take the number one seed as could any of the other three teams there over St. Louis based on that, that play. So they should get games on the ice as well, as far as the top teams are concerned. But nonetheless, if Edmonton plays two best of three series that go three games and they have six games under their belt compared to the two or three that the abs might get, I do wonder if that could be a bit of an issue. Um, I don't know why they would get two series. Edmonton? Yeah. It, uh, I Because if they beat Chicago, then they would play, at least right now, they would be matched up against Dallas. I suppose so. Oh, yeah, you're right. Sorry, I was thinking of uh, an old format where they would have 20 to 24 play down. Anyway, oh right, 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 right. Yeah, it's and just have like a have like two right, play. It's rounds. it's one playoff round, play in yeah. round rather, I should say. So they can jump right yeah. into the round of sixteen. But uh, I I suppose then, if the play in series becomes a best of five or a best of seven or something like that, it, depending on the length of it. But given that they want the, <clears throat> given that they want the top seeds to play each other, I think a best of five makes sense because that means everybody is guaranteed at least three games. Right. So, and I think that's I think that's the that's the fairest way to approach this. It's as close as you uh, can get, yeah. Yeah, and it makes the most sense, you know. If if Chicago and Edmonton go five games, then you know, again, <laughs> try try not losing one of them. Fair enough. Like, uh, you know, win a game. It's it's not necessarily a good thing for them if it does go five games. Yeah, definitely. Like those extra. Those extra games may not necessarily be a good thing with an extra game or two. Certainly could uh, wear them down just as much my, as warm them up. My real concern about the top seeds playing each other is that if they don't make it for seeding purposes. They're going to have a bunch of teams not trying. Exactly. Yeah. I don't. I mean, they will know like, hey, we need to take this ser- more seriously than a preseason game. But it'll be like preseason 1.5. Right. There's still going to be a bunch of dudes saying, I'm not getting hurt for this out there. <laughs> right. That's the, that's really where it is, is that it's going to be, a, it's going to be a bunch of dudes who are like, I'm, <laughs> I'm not, I'm not risking injury right. for any of us, you know, yeah. like I'm, it's just not worth. Yep. 
exactly. I if there has to be something to play for, it, otherwise, yeah. you, it's just not the same atmosphere. I mean, forget, let alone regular season to playoff differential. Games just need to matter for to yeah. get a realistic, up to speed look from an NHL team. Yeah, and playing for seeding, I would have no issues with. Like Same. the Av, the Av, the Avs could move up one spot, they could drop two spots, whatever. Like you get the res- you, you know you you get the result that you deserve in that case. Well, you know you play you play the round robin against the top teams in the West. For one, it gives you an opportunity to see that team before yep. a potential matchup and later on whatever. And then, <clears throat> you know, which I think like is more important against a team like Vegas. Because the Avs only played them twice. Sure. Unlike and St. Neither, Louis, yeah. Neither game was close. Uh, they, the Avs blew them out both times, and so it was like... What you don't does really this team have really it. look like in a close yeah. game? Yeah. You really don't have a feel for that opponent at all. Whereas St. Louis and Dallas, they should be plenty comfortable with. Although, you know, Dallas is one of the only teams that the Avs didn't beat this year in the entire league. So, you know... Them yeah. getting an early look there, they go in and they get to play them. They pick up a win, and maybe it can be something we stop talking about. <laughs> I see where you're coming from now, but I mean, yeah, you. I would agree. The more film, the better, right? It, yeah, well, and and just the it's it's almost an advantage now that I'm thinking about this that they get to play those teams. Because they're going to be playing, the stakes may not be higher, but they're going to be playing the higher quality games. Right. Like, if they if they play for seeding and they take this seriously, then, you know, Colorado-St. Louis, while Vancouver and Minnesota are, are featherweight punching right, each other. Right, playing some junk hockey out there. Yeah, yeah. like, Colorado and St. Louis are going to be going at it because they're like, oh, you know, we want... We want very much to avoid Edmonton and Nashville or Arizona. Like that's for me, that's, that's why you care. You don't want to be on that bottom half of that bracket with Nashville or Edmonton or even Arizona because their goalies will finally be healthy. That, uh, whoever falls to the four seed is going to have a bad time for sure. I don't want any P and if Chicago upsets Edmonton, like we know, we know what Chicago capable of when they when they get a little bit hot. Yep. So as bad as that defense is, and as much as I think Colorado would smoke them, um, I Corey Crawford in the playoffs too, man. A dude gets rolling. You just never know, especially with short formats like this. Yep. So so that's that's why I'm playing for seating would absolutely matter, you know. You, Colorado gets the one seed, they get a shot at either Calgary or Winnipeg. Got to feel pretty good about those matchups. Vancouver and Minnesota, I think Colorado would be easy favorites in all four of those series. Yeah, I would agree. I think they would be favorites against Edmund, or, uh, against Chicago and Arizona, like probably pretty, pretty solid favorites. But Edmonton and Nashville are the two teams that really stick out as ones where I'm like, Ugh. I I think it'd probably be a pick 'em between Colorado and Nashville in the playoffs, to be honest with you. Yeah. Against Edmonton with a healthy McDavid and Dreisaitl, I mean, that's just scary. <laughs> yeah, and like Colorado's deeper, their defense is better. I like Colorado's goaltending a little bit more, but... Especially, uh, as Avs fans know well, McDavid just 
shreds that team apart. So Right. And that's that's the thing is that Colorado has the advantage in every other series out west. They would have the advantage of having the best player in the series. Right. And in Edmonton, they wouldn't have that. That's the one thing that has always scared me about playing against the Oilers is that they have the best player. And when you have the best player, you have the biggest ace up your sleeve that you could possibly have. Yep. That dude can just win you a game single-handedly. Yeah, and it's the same It's the same thing looking out east. Do you think anybody wants the four seed where they're probably going to have to play the Penguins? Pittsburgh, nope. You think anybody wants it like... No, none of those teams want that smoke. Yep. None of them. They are all looking at it like we will finish in any other city. We'll take yep. any other matchup. Either New York team, fine. <laughs> Hurricanes, fine. Right. Canadians, like they're, fine. <laughs> they're like, what, whatever. Like, you want us to play the Maple Leafs? Yeah, they're good. We don't want anything to do with yep. the Pens. You don't want anything to do with postseason Pens. Yep. Yeah. Although it would be, honestly, it would be hilarious if Toronto beats Columbus and they have to just play to play Boston, Boston again. <laughs> It would be, it would be kind of funny. It, it's fate at this point. I think. I think it has to happen. But well, it's it's at that point. It would be kind of like uh, the Red Sox having to go through the yeah, Yankees. It's just to the finally law. break. Have the, to like, do it. Yeah. Yep. No getting around this. No. No. No getting lucky with the standings. Even in a pandemic, you got to go through Boston. <laughs> well. On that historical note, we can take our first break as it's time to acknowledge Breckenridge Brewery, the official beer of DNBR. Their new Mile High City Copper Lager has been a favorite around the office, well, I guess the digital office here for DNBR. As everyone is picking it up, you can pick up 15 cans of that delicious sit-around. I saw Zach Stevens was having one on his roof watching the Denver skyline the other night. Looked fantastic. You can... Get these picked up at the farmhouse down in Littleton if you'd like. You can call 303-803-1380 for pickup and use code DNVR to save $5. You can also get their 12-can sampler pack or any other of their beers from just about anywhere with apps like Drizzly to get beer delivered to you. Second period of the DNVR Avalanche podcast presented by Davidson's Beer, Wine, and Spirits with Arudo and AJ. So... You kind of alluded to it a little bit in the West, and we can bring this to the East as well. Do you see any potential upsets in these play-in series? Are there any ones that you're really looking at and going, hmm, we could see a 12, 11, 10 seed take a, take a step here? Um, I, I worry about the, the reason why I think Chicago would be scary is just because defensively as a group, Edmonton is just not very good. Sure. And that plays into what Chicago does well. I mean, look, man, when you have Cam Talbot and Nett and Patrick Kane is skating down the ice, <laughs> it's hard to feel like, confident, right? <laughs> yeah, who who is Edmonton's goalie? Is it still Mike Smith? It is Mike the- Smith, I believe, yeah. Yeah, Mike Smith and Miko Koskinen. It is Koskinen now. That's right. With that I'm, terrible I'm, contract, I'm cu- I'm curious which one of those guys actually plays. It's got to be Smith, right? I would think so, just given his postseason history that he's been really good in the playoffs. But yeah. I don't know. Regardless, um, I I think that Chicago offensively could go punch for punch. If if things go well for them, 
if if some of their guys play up a level and some of their other guys, you know, um, Kubalik continues to to play the way that he did, uh, you know, they get anything out of Nylander. DeBrincat kind of returns to form. He had kind of an iffy year. Yep. Kane, Taves obviously need to be exceptional. Those guys, they could... I think they could give Edmonton problems just because they neither neither team has a very good defense. And when you open it up and you know, you look at each of their goaltending situations, Crawford against either Smith or Koskinen, it's you don't feel like you're just super getting by confident right? in any of those situations at this point. You know, Crawford obviously has that history, but he hasn't He's just been okay the last couple of years. He's a little older now. You know, it's 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 very clearly kind of like end of the road time. Had Chicago maybe held on to Robin Lehner at the deadline, yeah, it would be a very different story then. But I would feel I would feel like I might be putting money on Chicago, but because because it is probably Crow. I'm you know it's it's very iffy, but like you could see a path for. You only have to win. You only have to win three games. It's a in a best of five. We're assuming a best of five, uh, a best of three, even more so. It's it's yeah. Your subject of variance flipping coins at certain times, but yeah. Well, it's interesting with Chicago's aging and and questionable defense. If there's one type of player that's going to benefit the most from all of this time off. It's a player that's, you know, a little bit over the hill, probably, right? Instead of a guy like Duncan Keith. Right. Instead of entering the playoffs after a grueling eighty two game season, you know, all of a sudden yeah. that guy's had two months off and is a bit fresher and can yeah. look like the his younger self at least for a little while. Definitely. He could definitely he could definitely turn back the clock. I mean a five game series, we're talking about ten days here. Yeah, exactly. So he could definitely turn back the clock and we could see something we could see something. So I think that's an intriguing matchup. I think that's an intriguing first round matchup where if McDavid and Dreisaitl don't come out and just absolutely dominate, I don't like Edmonton's depth yep. to help them out very much. Um, you know, they, some encouraging things out of Cassie and Yamamoto, uh, RNH, like they, they're not totally, it's not a hundred percent on those two. But it's a lot on those two. I mean, so, you, can, you can say it's not a hundred percent on those two, but it pretty much. I, I guess I guess Nugent Hopkins was close to a point per game player, but after that, yeah, Cassian had thirty four points in fifty nine games, solid, but right, you know, <laughs> nowhere right. when near you're playing the... when you're playing in a top six. You yeah, need to, exactly. You know, and and uh, you know, Yamamoto was a was nearly a point per he game was. as well. It was just that it was it's a really like. It's like twenty games, so. Yeah. Um, but I just, I just think that they're that series has a lot more intriguing potential than Pittsburgh Montreal on the other side. Pittsburgh Montreal, I think, is probably that feels I like would, Pittsburgh's role in that. <laughs> like the only reason that you give Montreal a chance in that is Carey Price. Yeah, I'm. That's it, and that's, that's the only reason. You know, any team can have a goalie stand on their head for three games. That's yeah, oh, yeah. totally, and that's that's where Arizona against Nashville scares you. Yep, 
where Nashville's like, ah, you know, we we're not really, we, we've never really lived up to our potential. Um, they really got going at the end of the year and they were totally going to catch. Uh, they, they were totally going to catch Dallas oh, yeah. and, and, and pass them. They were and tracking just, down. Yeah. Yeah. It was the, yeah, <laughs> that the season ended when it did bailed out the Dallas stars more than any other franchise in the league. Yeah. Um, because they were, they were falling apart rapidly. Uh, Edmonton or Edmonton, Winnipeg was only two points back. Yep. And at one point, like Dallas was like dead, even with Colorado. And they were both like eight points ahead of the jets. Right. It, and, it seemed and like then, both of them had a, a, not conference division thing. There we go. Division spot locked up. Oh yeah, definitely. Easily. And then Dallas just kind of cratered. They did at the very at the end of the year, dude. They were really they were really bad, and you know Colorado took off and totally separated. And uh, yeah, I mean that's. But anyway, um, that's Arizona and Nashville. I think that 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 goaltending uh, that's where. Arizona had been really good in the first half of the year because they've gotten crazy goal attending the last couple of years, but yep. they've also had an unbelievable injury luck where they are just, they're, they're so beaten up and it's, it's always key players. And like there, when you're a, you know, the abs were able to survive injury issues because Nathan McKinnon didn't get hurt. And when he did the, pandemic started so <laughs> you know like the abs did not have to go through that life um for more than i think it was just the two games la yep. and the rangers yep. so um they did not have to live that life but the uh, the coyotes are a score by committee win by committee kind of club and they have to have good goaltending the, their star player the one guy that like, the position they can't lose guys is a is a net and they again had injury issues there, and uh, I think that masks some of what makes them so dangerous. They're deep and they're more talented than we want to give them credit for, because they still kind of play that. They still kind of play sort of a blah style, where they don't they don't play to the offensive talent that they have. I mean, they have Taylor Hall and Phil Kessel. Right. It seems they like... should be an explosive scoring team, and they're just not. I mean, they aren't, but, you know, the same coin, if Darcy Kemper continues to play like someone not named Darcy Kemper. And, I mean, at this point, it's like two years in a row with yeah. us. <laughs> and this then just might be who he is for a while. And, you know, in his injury absence, anti-rant is certainly no slouch either, so. Right, right. And they, that, I mean, they could, you could easily see Pecorine fell off a cliff this year and UC Soros was just okay. Yeah, exactly. Like, you would go into that series feeling like Arizona's got the goaltending advantage. Yeah, and that's the one position that if you want to get carried through a playoff series or a playoff run, goaltending can do that on its own, basically. Yeah, it's the great equalizer. Goaltending can, you can, you can get through multiple rounds. It's hard to win a cup because it's hard to get that kind of goaltending for two straight months. Yep. But two weeks to play a best of seven series, you can get that. And especially best of five, like you could, you could get that for sure. I... Well, you get great goaltending for a week. I mean, we saw 
Pavel Francouz was uh, three star of the week, of the week for the NHL back to back weeks because he had two unbelievable weeks. He does that in the postseason, and that's a serious win. He gave up two goals in three games. If it's a best of five, that's you've, that's you've, it. You've You're done, done. It. Yeah, <laughs> you you have won that series, and you have moved on. Yep, exactly. Like that's that's all it takes. That's a that's a great way to break it down. That's a great way to break it down. So, it. It is amazing how much of an effect that can have. Uh, as we rack up, wrap up this second period here, uh, Calgary-Winnipeg feels like a kind of a pick-your-poison. I mean, if Hellebuck shows up, maybe even like Winnipeg in that series. Yeah, I think that's an interesting one. Um, we could probably talk more about that, honestly. Sure, we can we can dive into that. So to close this up then, real quick on the east side, I, I don't mind the Panthers against your your booze and the Islanders, but the rest of those series, eh. I actually, I want to see how Toronto Columbus goes. I want, I want that Toronto offense against Elvis. <laughs> see if Elvis can keep the magic going. Straight up, man. That's strength on strength. Yeah. All right. Those series are, those are always intriguing series to me when uh, you've got a team that, that wants to lock it down in, in net and then a, a high scoring attack that could be susceptible to losing two to one if they if they just can't if they just can't break through offensively. Yeah. You know Columbus is more comfortable in those games. That's definitely true. They they can grind it out for sure. Uh whereas Toronto is not super grindy these days, but yeah. Not it, what they're known for. <laughs> um so yeah, that's that's as good a place as any. We can wrap up this second period here and if y'all don't know, we still do cover the Colorado Raptors as well. Colton Strickler, the beat reporter, I believe, just posted about some of the top 10 Raptors games ever as they continue to work through that series and, and some of the greatest moments in that team's history. So be sure to support the Raptors as well by giving the DNBR Raptors account a follow on Twitter if you want to learn about rugby or if you just want to follow the team a little bit closer, be sure to follow their podcast as well given all the downtime that has been out there and will likely continue to be out there even as things start to slowly open up. Now is a great time to learn a new sport here in Denver. So, yeah, supporting our partners is supporting us, and be sure to support the Raptors as well. Third period of the DNBR Avalanche podcast presented by Davidson's Beer, Wine, and Spirits, Ruto and AJ. AJ, you wanted to dive into it, so let's dive in. This is a team that you said could be the Avs' biggest challenge in the Central Division over the next three years in the Winnipeg Jets because of Connor Hellebuck. Yeah, uh, Hellebuck is is their one kind of ace in the hole, but they've also got an electric top six that can go punch for punch for punch with the Avs, and yeah. that means that means that they can damn sure go punch for punch with the Calgary Flames. Oh yeah, uh, no doubt about that. So that's. I don't want to say Winnipeg is a team that I think Colorado should worry about because I think um, they, you know, the game that they played here on New Year's Eve, Colorado got horrific goaltending. Yeah, and ugly. They because they were they were thoroughly outplaying Winnipeg, like they they should have smoked the Jets that night, and it was just it was just a bad it was that was a bad night, but. I think I think uh, in a seven game series, I don't. I really don't 
like Winnipeg's chances to be able to hang with Colorado. Car the thing with Car is that they what Colorado does better than anyone in the West is they're they're balanced. Mm-hmm. More they're more balanced than anyone else. They've got good goaltending. I wouldn't say elite goaltending, but I would say good goaltending. They've got a good solid defense that can do a lot of different things. They can throw a lot of different skill sets at you. You know, they've got a little bit of size, a little bit of physicality. They've got a lot yeah. of skating and skill. Uh, and then the the forward core, it's more it's it's more skill than grit at this point. But it's a lot of high end skill, and it's a lot of skating, which you just drive teams into the ground. Exactly, you just wear teams out playing that way. Yep, and. Even even the more physical teams um, will struggle with that, and that's where I give them that advantage over a handful of these teams. I mean, certainly the you know the Jets can go punch for punch if they wanted to play a very uh, a very transition counterattack heavy style, but Colorado's defense can can hang with that, and Winnipeg's defense can't. So that's and that's where Hellebuck just has to be amazing. Yeah. If Hellebuck is average or worse, the Jets are they will not last long. He has to be exceptional for uh, them to for them to be dangerous. Look, I I think you're overrating the Jets offense a touch. I don't want to take anything away from him. Their top 6 is very 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 good. But I don't think it quite lives up to where the Avs are at. The bot, well, they don't have a McKinnon. They don't like, have a McKinnon. Exactly. That's they don't basically have a exactly it. They don't have. They don't have McKinnon. Shifley. Shifley is. So Nathan McKinnon is like in that top tier of centers. I think right. Shifley is either in tier two or tier three, but not far the, behind. But yeah, right. Like we're we're talking like Mark Shifley's really damn good. Yep. And that you know. When when you're talking about a playoff series, you're talking about how are they going to match up together? Because Colorado wants to play best on best. They do that. That see and and that's where I I will the Colorado should beat them. Nathan McKinnon uh, McKinnon uh, Ranton and Landeskog should beat whatever combination they're using at the top these days in in Winnipeg. I'm not sure if it's still um, Shifley and Wheeler with Connor on the left side. If, if it is production I, wise, know. that's what it looks like. But yeah, it, if, if, if that's, if that's their top line, like that's a very good line and they are one of the few that could probably hang with the McKinnon line, but that's where, that's where if, if neither one of them has a distinct advantage, you really like Colorado's depth yep. to win out. Exactly. Um, and so, like their 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 top six would have to it would have to be their top six, and Hellebuck would have to win that series. And this is very realistically a, a series that could happen: is the Jets beat Calgary and they become the eight seed essentially, and would play the one seed of the the top four. Yeah, they could. They you know, and then Calgary obviously. I mean, we don't. I think last year's series would give all of us a little more confidence than would be warranted. Um, well, but I, I just think that it would be something similar. I and look, Calgary's offense has had a down year this season as well. Right, 
Gaudreau has not been the strong player that he used to be. Gazlanch, yeah. thank you so much for the Tier 1 subscription. Much appreciated, my dude. Appreciate you watching us live. Um, Yeah, I... I don't think Calgary is a pushover by any means, but that's a team that the Avs as their belt should beat. Definitely. Like that's a, that's a team I'm not, I'm not losing sleep over them. Um, but I don't, I don't have the same fears about them that I do Winnipeg. Sure. And then you look at these other two teams in Vancouver and Minnesota, which would be if they don't play for seating, that's the matchup right now. And those are two very intriguing matchups for different reasons because Hughes and McCarr in the postseason, we could settle this right now. Yeah, <laughs> you know, let's let's do the who wins year one right now, and you'd have to like Colorado's chances in that in that series because again, Elias Pettersson is very good, but he's not Nathan McKinnon. They don't uh, have Quinn, the team built around the guys, right? Quinn Hughes is Vancouver's best defenseman, and that's not a knock on Quinn Hughes. That's a knock on Vancouver's defense. Yep. Because the thing about Kale McCarr is that we all think, hey, he might be their best defenseman, but he also might not be yet. Like, Colorado's got some dudes on their defense that Vancouver just doesn't. Well, I mean, the thing with McCarr is that, look, I do think his defense is very solid and, and maybe even some people underrate it, but the Evs also have Sam Girard, extremely sound defensively. Right. Ryan Graves has played very quality defense for this team, as has Eric Johnson. So Ian Cole's had a great yeah. year. So they have a ton of guys rounding out their defense that, one, not only help Kale McCarr, but two, allow Kale McCarr to go beat Kale McCarr on the other side of the ice. Right. And we saw the last Colorado-Vancouver matchup. Colorado was greatly compromised offensively. And still went toe-to-toe with Vancouver. And Quinn Hughes got eaten alive that night. Yeah, he did not have a good time. So, you know, I think I I like call because Vancouver Vancouver hadn't seen Colorado at, at full strength. Not once. Right. They've been, I mean, half the league hasn't seen Colorado at full strength this year. But I mean, fair enough. <laughs> but, but Vancouver, like, specifically, you know, we're talking about these two matchups. Sure. Hadn't seen Colorado at full strength. And... Uh, Minnesota, Minnesota still continues to be a thorn in Colorado's side because the Avs still have not, for all the things, all the demons that they've exercised over the last few years, you know, being able to win in Nashville or just beat Nashville at all at one point. Yeah. You know, winning, winning in Western Canada, going into Winnipeg and picking up W's, winning in a game in Edmonton, you know, to, toppling the Blackhawks, you know, the, Going into Minneapolis continues to be a bugaboo for them. It's, and that's, you know, even this year, it was a problem for them. It's nothing new. I mean, every single Avalanche game against Minnesota, you're like, all right, let's just go ahead and tally one up for Parise, and then the Avs will deal with it from there. It's just kind of the way that the team has operated there. And, and to be honest, I am not that worried. I would. I think the Avs handle Minnesota in a playoff series pretty easily this year. I would say five games. Yeah. And the game that they lose is probably, I would say, game four in Minnesota. Sure. A a game in Minnesota where they, you know, have a good hold on the series regardless. Yeah. It's not something I'd be super afraid of. 
I would be the reason I wouldn't want to play Minnesota as the Abs is that team is gonna grind you down. It's yeah. gonna make your life hard to go on a two month playoff run if you have to go through them. Yeah, it's like a bad version of St. Louis when you might have to take St. Louis next. Right, exactly. If you have so. to go through those two to get to the conference final and your team is just hanging by a thread by the end of that, you know. Yeah. I would I would also say that uh this can't be the bracket. Like this this portion of the bracket that we've seen so far where these matchups play into oh, Calgary Winnipeg goes to play the one seed, right? Like yeah. and then that's fine, but like from here there you can't have the one and two seed play each other in the second round. Yeah, I would definitely they they should needs, separate those on the bracket. Yeah. Right. That needs to be adjusted in a logical way where it's one and uh, two at the end ends. Right. And it's three one and, and four, four in the middle. And then, yeah. yeah. Exactly. And then yep. two and three are on the bottom. So Yep. That's that's how that should be because Colorado's Colorado's reward, you know, if they stay the second seed, whoever the second seed ends up being, their their reward for winning their first round series cannot be to play the number one seed. That's so stupid. Yeah, that that would feel real bad. Um, I, on the other hand, though, as many people like to say in the hockey playoffs, you got to go through everybody to win the cup. So, yeah, I mean, your path is your path, but the the, the league can make like logical decisions here I, to decide how this this is going to look. Let's just go back to be, uh, the full on reseed that they used to do. I I Colorado Vegas in in round two would be. Something, <laughs> I think it would be really fun. <laughs> I wanted I wanted Vegas last year yep. instead of the Sharks because I knew the Sharks were going to win. But well, well, I thought the Sharks. Hopefully, we may get to see some of these series sooner rather than later, as there's still a lot of work to do here. Right, this is the very, very bare right. bonesiest plan ever that they've confirmed. Right, we have we have no confirmation on the format. We we don't even have. We don't even have confirmation on how many games are getting played in this series. We don't have confirmation on what the format after the play-in round looks like, as we were just discussing. Uh, we don't know where we don't know where these games are getting played, yeah. um, and then we don't have any of the logistics in terms of getting players you know, to where they need to be the and quarantining and whole virus yeah. <laughs> thing that they still have to contend with. We have none of those answers, so. The uh, just to just to wrap this up, the you know keep in mind that the vote yesterday was great, but it literally the the NHLPA statement that they released literally just says the the NHLPA has authorized further negotiations with the NHL. Basically, so they agreed to a twenty four team format, and that's essentially it. Right. This is like this is like. When you're in like eighth grade and you start dating a girl and you have like a one week anniversary and you give her like, I don't know, like a ring pop. Yeah. And it's like a promise of a promise of a promise down the road. <laughs> like That's all this is. The announcement of an announcement of an announcement. Yeah. Here, basically. It's, <laughs> it's like, it's like, okay, like this is this. We're getting somewhere, but this is more cute than anything else. Yeah. That I unfortunately agree with but hey you have to start somewhere totally and it, that's why we're excited about it that's why we're doing this on a saturday afternoon yep exactly so that's the news i guess on the nhl um you know 
hopefully over the next week they solidify a few more things and you start taking more and more steps towards those training camps at the beginning of July. But they have something to work off of now and, you know, looking forward to some actual hockey news over the next month or so that we can talk with all y'all about. Uh, So, yeah, I guess that's all we have for you today. Uh, As always, thank you for listening. Monday, I think we will be doing a watch-along of Mook Madulin, if I am correct. But either way, (laughs) more, more prospect stuff coming your way as we await that announcement on the draft from the NHL as well, which at this point, who even knows? But... We got you covered with everything and anything hockey and abs hockey here. So keep it locked into the DNVR abs podcast, and we will talk to y'all on Monday. DNVR Avalanche with Hayfully and Rudo. DNVR Avalanche with Hayfully and Rudo. DNVR Avalanche with Hayfully and Rudo.